Ulibayad said, do we have a man like Dorola Dikpo, who is an actor, who is a dancer, who is a producer, who is a choreographer, who is a director, all like an engine? of the artists that performed that were with them then are the one who now became the the face of visual arts i don't want to talk about theater where i was physically involved in uh, designing the program around the hello i am adirin Jao, an arts manager and independent journalist living and working in lagos and i am the host of the goethe institute at 60 podcast an audio documentary looking into the impact of the Goethe Institute since inception. This documentary is about the Institute's interaction with the Nigerian art and culture scene and its impact on the appreciation of modern and contemporary Nigerian art. Jamana Nikolapu and Tonya Kyosho became friends early in their careers. Over the years, they've sustained a collaborative comradeship, birthing numerous creative ideas and cultural networks that have enriched the Nigerian art scene at home and abroad, while also contributing to arts journalism and cultural programming in Nigeria. Yeah, it's just the advocacy. <laughs> Activism is now uh, three for cover. Everybody's an activist now. So just everybody's an icon or legend. Ah, oh, you know. Hello, my name is German Anikulapo. I'm uh, a cultural producer and curator. I think my first encounter with Gote was uh, out of curiosity. I just joined the Guardian. Uh, I don't even joined the Guardian. I think around 1983 or so, I just entered um, University of Ibadan. Then I came to Lagos, and usually I was part of the cultural movement in Lagos. Uh, there were theater productions and co. I was happening in Lagos, radio production then. Then I came to Lagos and uh, they had something that was going on. I think an exhibition or so. So that weekend, somebody with a senior generally just said, oh, uh, there's an exhibition happening somewhere and we're likely to get free drinks and things. And uh, so I followed and I ended up in the, uh, at the office then. I'm trying to remember where the office was then. But I ended, I think it was at Franco German Cultural Center then. So we ended up there and I saw what they were doing and the way they were talking and it became uh, of interest to me. Then I think about 1985, Dr. Alphonse Hoot was the director there. So they had some series of uh, programs that they were doing and uh, you know, it was a very interesting character. Uh, and then number two, one of the few white person that you could say was really talking about African art and so so I joined that meeting where they were and I wrote some piece for was it, uh, Weekend Democrat then where Bentomology was the editor and I, I can't even remember what I wrote about but at least I wrote about that particular event so it was natural when I became a journalist uh, I think around 86 too they did quite a lot of programs uh, around visual art especially so I sort of wrote on one or two of those. But from 1987, when I now became a full reporter with The Guardian, I kept on attending their event. Um, I think it was around 86 that I interviewed uh, Alphonse Hood. He probably was the first white person I interviewed as a journalist. And so from 87, then I became uh, a friend of the Goethe. I mean, attending all their events. And I had known Mr. Sunday by then. Uh, around that 1985 was when I really took into Mr. Sunday Nweni, 
who was the head of culture department or culture security or program officer there. So, and he, this, this was a gentleman that was always encouraging people. You know, he was like a big uncle. You come to him, you can sit down in his office, how now, you know, he'll greet you. And so he kept on encouraging one to come around. In fact, you send, you make sure that you get to know about what is going on. There was no GSM then. It was difficult for you to know what they were doing, but they had a way of advertising those things in the in the papers and co. Yes. Well, I, personally, I encountered the Goethe Institute before encountering the Goethe Institute. <laughs> so I was this science student in Ife. And you know, if, uh, if I mean, you know, if uh, in the 80s, I don't know now, was a very cosmopolitan space. It was probably the most cosmopolitan space outside of New York. I mean, seriously. And I, so I, it was in that effect that Uli Bayer came to give a talk on the life and death. I mean, the life and, you know, traje- life trajectory and death of uh, Durola Dipo, the mm. big, massive uh, Durola Dipo. And that that event took place at the Odudua Hall. And I just told him, you know, because there was art, there was culture, there was art all over the place in Ife. And so I strolled in and there was this gentleman who, um, personal, there was a bit of a personal relationship because I just joined Alpha Club. And this gentleman was, uh, the manager of the Ududua Theatre was a patron of Alpha Club. So I, there was a sense in which I felt Ududua Hall was uh, my personal space. But I, you know, but listening to Uli Bayer talking about this massive Shongo person that I used to know about when I was much younger, watched on, on black and white TV, I mean, heard about him and all that, you know, about I can't forget one line in that narrative that um, Ulibayad said he just he picked a copy of the Sunday Times of London. I'm sorry, yeah, if some, some something Evening Times, you know, this very critical part. He said, "Nor do nor do we." That's as a UK, as a culture theatre culture of the UK. Do we have a man? like Durola Dipo, who is an actor, who is a dancer, who is a producer, who is a choreographer, who is a director, all like an engine, you know. He was talking about that, a piece on Durola Dipo, who had, who is winning of the Commonwealth Theatre Prize in 1968. It was part of that narrative that he was talking about, about Durola Dipo's life. That line, I just put my head back and said, ah, this must be a massive man, even more than, I just knew him as a Shongo, you know, I mean, so my my 19 to 20 year self, I was imagining, so I said, I must write about this, you know, but there was this gentleman who came with Uli Bayer, you know, because I was trying to hang out with uh, this, uh, the uh, Odudua Hall uh, manager, I was trying to pretend that, yes, sir, you are our, and he was having this conversation with Uli Bayer afterwards. You know, they were talking about where to go and have a drink. And I was beginning to think, I can hang out and go and hang, hang with them. But there was this gentleman who was with Uli Bayer. His name is Sunday Winnie. And I didn't know then that he 
part of the reason why he was there was that Goethe Institute apparently facilitated uh, Uli Bayer's coming to Ife. And so I was discussing with him, I said, this thing that I had today, I'm going to write in the newspaper. I've never, I've never written anything in the newspaper then, you know. And he said, yes, you know, if you want, yes, that's the kind of thing. I mean, I, please go, go ahead. You know, he was really nudging me, you know. I thought, ah, you know, it was just a suggestion. But I got back to the room and quickly scribbled something, sent it to the most important newspaper in the country at that time, which was National Concord. And they published that Saturday. So I was, a, I thought I was a star, you know. And so that was, in a way, that's Ghostly Institute, in a way, that's, you know, my own entry. In, because then, once the National Concord could publish you in 1980, you know, um, don't forget The Guardian was to come three years after. And the Sunday, uh, the Daily Times was going away. So that was a very important newspaper at the time. Uh, everybody on the campus who had anything to do with me saw it. And so I wrote more. I was writing for Concord, I was writing for Concord. I was. So how, that's how I knew. That's how I knew uh, the Goethe Institute. But I did not know it was. It wasn't until later that I came to Lagos to serve and go and be hanging around the art scene that I met that gentleman again at the Goethe Institute and he happened to be, you know, um, uh, the program assistant, you know, and it's been so, apparently part of his work was to encourage young folks like me to do whatever we want to do. I owe him my, my foray. You know. That man is Sunday. Sunday when? Yes, yeah, Sunday We spent about four decades with the as a young eco boy, you know, who was going to choir practice on Broad Street, you know, in a church that was on Broad Street. And you know, Broad Street was the, you know, banana island of then, you know. So I there was Gotha Institute on Broad Street. It was at the farther end. And I used to see it. I, when I left Ife, it wasn't there anymore. It had uh, become a little bit less important for a brief period, it was when I came out of Ife, he was sharing a space somewhere in VI uh, with the French Cultural Center. They called it a Franco-German auditorium. You know, that was Goethe Institute in my service year, roughly, you know, 83, 84. But in my younger years, he was in the, he was on Brussels. And I didn't, as I said, I didn't tie it to the only buyer that I was meeting in Ife. Both are founders of the Committee for Relevant Art, a platform for cultural activism, and the Count Goethe Institute Nigeria as an early influencer and third fast supporter of their many artistic manifestations that have lasted more than three decades. No, no, that, was, that was a history, you know, okay. the, that workshop that I was talking about was okay. done in 88. Oh, okay, so that was well, earlier well, You know, there, there was a theater stolback. Yes. That was the director then. Well, this was somebody in history. So he was more interested in uh, scholarly programs, like uh, conferences. I remember I attended a lot of conferences and all of that. I remember that my first uh, attempt to go to Germany hmm. was through Data Stolberg. And it was good to okay. be some art okay. history. So hold your thought, German. Now that he's mentioned that, you know, this is a very interesting phase 
in Gothel's history, when you actually had a director who was, you know, who basically directed things, and you had a very strong deputy director, you know, who had her own ideas, and the two of them were, I've never seen Gothel like that anymore, you know. I mean, there was a director, an Oyembo man from Germany, there was a deputy director, and they basically just, you know, they they affected us differently. Yeah, they you know, yeah, they did. Yes, I, I so, think the, the company, you know, the the director who is in, because it has affected Gote in terms of the activities they do, and we observe that time that we even stay off because you can see that this person is. Uh, I'm sorry to use the word shallow, or you cannot connect to the person. So theater was this quiet man who was more interested in scholarly things. Why was doing mostly things with uh, Garba Shiwaju, who was federal director of culture. We, they, they could match because Garba Shiwaju was a professor of history. So they were doing a lot of stuff together. And I will attend uh, from a reporter's point of view. And But they had cultural programs, which he probably was not paying so much attention to. Renato was actually in the education unit. Hmm. So she was not even a substantive deputy director. She was head of the language section but her personal interest and she had interest in in art i got this information from her when we had to travel around the country to start the iLife show you know i was able to now engage her she now explained why she came into the art. that it was her personal interest she was into iLife music she loved all of the so when she saw that lacuna and just went in and uh, being a teacher and I, I don't know if this is right the first time that she really showed up in her face was the, that workshop. It was called, is it theater, Dattelbach workshop mm. on, uh, on visual arts. On, because she was always complaining about the craft. Then our major reference point was Yaba Tech. Mm. And Renati was not a fan of Yaba. She mm. believed that they were not really exerting themselves. So they brought this guy called uh, Dieter Dattelbach. I think that was his name. And they ran that workshop at National Museum, which brought most of the artists of today. I, I was talking to Mladi Emil recently, and he confirmed it. They all grew up through that experience. Uh, I think the DDK did not join them, but Mladi uh, Emil, what's the tall guy from Auchi, Overighty, they were all Michael Moyge, they were all part of that Good workshop. Job. Yes, and this guy was not really teaching them how to draw. He kept on saying, No, I'm only. Uh, I'm learning from them, and they are learning from me. So he did that big workshop. Ephraim Eka, that guy mm. was born in Wood, and mm. all of the GDIJ, mm. uh, Azan Aliyu, mm. you know. And they became, through that workshop, they just flowered. It just became like, like, uh, they became like the, the center sure, of, of artistic production. She wasn't really, they just became like, uh, you know, when she came back, she was now a deputy. She was now director. Then she went and came. No, she went twice. She came back and became deputy, and then and they handed over to you know she had some health challenges. Up. So having produced those artists, I think that was where Gote's massive presence in the life of visual artists mm -hmm. manifested. And then she followed up quickly with uh, Anna Spengler. Mm -hmm. Spengler mm -hmm. did the color, okay. the workshop on color. Hmm. And what he told them was that, look, the plants, if I remember that we were all going and plucking leaves from National Museum, and they were grinding there and we were becoming 
painting materials because the other artists were always complaining we don't have money to buy materials and they told them all the leaves around you hmm. so you just tell them how to combine the science of making color and so that again reinforces uh, reinforced the influence mm, of, of, the uh, of, of the Goethe Institute. Even mm. apart from the fact that I think the the exhibition you mentioned mm. came from that experience. She then started mm. plucking them. She went to Osuka. Mm. She now concentrated on the art schools. Mm. Mm. She went to Aochi, created something there, and they came with the color particularization. Mm. Let me mm. Aochi was a color place. Color, yeah, mm. color particularization also. They went to uh, Osuka and brought this philosopher artist mm. to Lagos. Went to Ife. But you know, she was, she, she was going around okay. and bringing all the art schools. If you were doing that as a cultural programmer, you're already establishing yourself as a as go-to mm. place. I think, you know, with Renate's influence everywhere, they just overtook everybody. Otherwise, the Alliance Francais people were doing quite a lot of exhibition, mm. but they were not really interested in in the training mm -hmm. bit. Well, Renate's one was that we train these artists and then we exhibit them. Mm. And so that's what they were doing consistently and Goethe started becoming so big. And uh, uh, so, and at that period, because of uh, what you have touched on, on the socio-political environment, Stolberg was conscious of politics. In fact, I, I think he's linked with uh, Galba Shuaju, probably. Because they were very close. His wife, actually, mm. was Gote's library. Yeah, uh, that was where the, the story came. Yeah. 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 So they did quite a lot of things together. That was really... Sometimes you wonder whether Gote was getting involved in Nigerian politics, which was mm. hot at that time. They were conference, they would do workshop, and they would say security men came. In fact, if you remember, when they moved to Franco-German, Mm. Center. Mm. Then they left. Pushkin. Yes, sure. Pushkin uh, Center or something. Mm. Engineering close there. Uh, yes. There was an exhibition where one guy from the north saw a particular painting and he brought out a knife. Mm. Yeah. Because he thought that this mm. blasphemy thing that we talked about. Yeah. Oh, I remember okay. we're all trying to scramble up to today. When oh, I see okay. well, a room so where there's only one that door. That nullifies my. Yeah. <laughs> We have only one door. I will, I will feel uncomfortable because this guy had a knife, was standing by the door. So who was going to wrestle this guy? To, to, I think eventually they were able to disarm him and then... But that's to tell you how they were inching into, into politics because politics was hot. I think it was around that 91, 92 or so, that all of this. So uh, we are tracing the trajectory of, uh, of Kote, if really influenced quite a lot of things because most of the artists that performed that were with them then are the one who now became the the face of visual arts i don't want to talk about theater where i was physically involved in uh, designing the program and running the program with them but maybe as we go this in fact the debates in Cora in those early days used to be when are we going to get independence out of if you are not exhibiting at the Goethe Institute or you are not exhibiting at the Italian Cultural Institute and maybe the French Cultural Center, you are not having good to have a space to exhibit. But now those places are not even doing that anymore. And, and there are over a hundred or so um, visual art spaces in the country, you know. So yes. So the Goethe Institute was that kind of place where a lot of things were happening. We can talk about some interesting quirky characters, 
you know, and we talk, we can talk about some of the directors, you know, that were quite interesting that have come, and some of those that you, no, no, German has to say something before. <laughs> can't be going on and on. No, but I mean, a lot of you actually set some template, and now, I now remember the my 1983 encounter with Gote. You know, back. I was coming out of uh, secondary school and Bentomology was my teacher. And one of the things he taught us, so we, he started what we call the Kakaki Arts Company. He liked to say that we all started it, but he was our teacher. And he recruited students from different places, Antalani or from another school, myself, Papaja school. There were so many that he brought from different places to form the first iteration of Kakaki Arts Company. And one of the things he told us, or that he made us do, was that you cannot just be an actor you have to engage the script. So it's like it was taking us through the mail that we have to study the script and write. The character you are going to play, you have to develop a write-up about it. And you know, like what, what they call script conference, now production conference. So, so we developed that consciousness to write. So he insisted that we have to write. So as at 1983, when I was uh, already in the first time I went to UI 82, I was a footballer. But I ended up in theater. So in 1983, audio production has started. So we came, I, I would come to Lagos every Thursday for the rehearsal and go back on Sunday evening. And then he was always insisting, and he was the assistant director of audio production. Jide Ugumbari was the director, a lot of the top guys there. And he would say that we must uh, be part of the rehearsal and more. Now, because you you couldn't allow your parents to know that you came to Lagos every Thursday, so you ended up in Benton Regis house. Which means that whatever he has to do on a particular day, you are probably part of that. So he put us in his B2, and he said he was going to one exhibition at Gothe, at, at somewhere on the island, and so we were in the car. I'm sure we were about three or so, so we followed him. And I think that was my first encounter with anything called Gothe. Even though we've read about uh, Ulibaya's work, you know, some of the work that the Oshobo artists were doing then, we've been reading about. But my first encounter in that space called Gote was probably one of those days. I remember it was probably a Saturday evening. I think they had an exhibition and then a reception. And there was drink, they had drink, they had uh, food, they had. It was, so if this is it. You have to, if I will almost be, to ask Ben when is the next one? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so I think it was in his bit with our first encounter. It was also already by then at the Democrat, right? Or Punch. No, he was already writing, he had led Punch by 83. No, it was late in 83 that they said of Democrat. Democrat. Oh, okay. They so that it was still in Punch. Democracy was going uh, to go on. Oh, okay. So they started December 31. Oh, 1983. On December 31st, 1983, there was a military coup d'etat in Nigeria. Some officers of the Nigerian army unseated the civilian president, Shehu Shagari, replacing him with then-Major General Muhammadu Buhari. How did this regime change influence the generation born between 1958 and 1962, who were perhaps coming into their own at the time? What impact did the coup have on the cultural landscape and creative expression during this period? Um, those cultural spaces, in a sense, to the, as far as the, um, what you might call the authorities were concerned, 
this it seemed like those places were kind of sacrosanct you know um so we could go and talk the arts and politics there but it was in a sense almost like you know um forgive what happened i mean i i mean without trying to put anything on what happened you know what you know the the the, it, it's like you know the priest can say whatever he likes the government will do whatever they're doing you know so the art spaces tend to they can do all those plays that are interesting plays you know if those things happened in a broadcast station you probably will be rounded up but if it happened in these hallowed spaces of culture I mean they are pretty much left alone so you can put your art work um, and you know those um, um, what you call the NSOs and the spies who come and they just go away you know I mean it does look like so yes so in 1983 where the you had you sort of like which a year and I don't know where, what German thinks I think we've had a bit of challenge about whether that was the period you know that shaped our own generation you know that 1983 period um, was in some view of some of us I mean the beginning of um, the flowering of that 60 the that independence generation Nigerians who were born between you know say 1958 and 1962 you know that general that group and so you so whatever it is that you are painting, whatever it is that you are staging, you know, could do a whole lot. I mean, and yet, you know, they just pretty much left you alone. I, he may be able to say this because there was one, a play called Bodiso, you know, that basically was, you know, a... It was it was an eighty-six. You know, you know. Don't forget that it's very difficult to be tying these things to one day. You know. Now, in 1960, Buddhism meant Buhari, Diagbon, and the show, uh, who was his chief justice at the time, you know, and it was a tearing a part of that hunter, you know, and, you know, there wasn't pretty much anything anybody did to the playwright or the performance. It happened at a government-owned institution, the National Theatre. And you know, yes, people laughed and went home. So yes, so it's. Um, I mean, these places provide you safe spaces, you know, to do what you want to do. And you know, you are pretty much left alone. And you know, yes, people laughed and went home. So yes, so it's. Um, I mean, these places provide you safe spaces, you know, to do what you want to do. And you know you are pretty much left alone. All this mm. big exhibition, the workshop, mm. they, they had picture, they had story. But once it, once they finish a program, it's like they are in a rush to move on, mm, which is very even the fiftieth anniversary. Well, I told my country, European, yeah, I said all the things that people said at the fiftieth anniversary, which was continuous, should be curated and published. And because our own uh, interest is to get things published, okay. and they never publish all the so when they said during the answers. They lost all this material. Honestly, I felt like a part of me. Mm. Well, maybe now that we have a publisher as director, maybe she will show greater interest. Because I was, yeah, I, I mean, I pity that when she said she didn't even get some of the material to, mm. she couldn't relate to what had happened. Mm. I had to be, she didn't even know about Mr. Sunday. 
Mm-hmm. No record. Yes. So everybody I've been mentioning Sunday that he doesn't come here because there's no no you know it's uh, in Benin. So if going forward, what we think Bote should do before they are nice. they become Obemole or something? <laughs> is, that, olule, is that they should <laughs> please whatever material they can get even if they are just press curtains because a lot of journalists wrote too. about them press curtains yeah. Used. If they can get them from the, the newspapers are still around. Yeah, yeah, bring them, publish them. It will be oh. Goten's two story for, and you can still mm. do that mm. to mark the sixth anniversary. Because mm. it's even unfair mm. on the journalists. Many of us who spent time really writing about Gote that sometimes mm. you get query in your office. Mm. Why is it Gote every week? Gote, I remember Bilo mm. Oh yeah, you he, he he was Yes, and he got a query. For always writing about Gote, 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 Gote. Because that is where we hung out. That was where, yeah. And that's where the wine was. And the and biscuits. The cookies, yes. <laughs> and the cookies. So they have to introduce cookies. So if they can get it published and all of that, that's what I was saying. This podcast you just listened to is hosted by Darren Sola Ajaho, produced by myself, Oladika Timelay for the Gote Institute, Lagos at 60. Happy anniversary!